0: Welcome to the Profitable Persuasion Podcast. This is the only podcast you need to learn proven sales and marketing tips and tactics that will help you become a more powerful practitioner of human persuasion and allow you to work less and make more so that you can live a more peaceful and abundant life. And now let's tune in to the revolutionary training by the author, coach, and sales master himself, Steve Clark.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Steve Clark, and I want to welcome you to another Inner Circle Coaching Call. I'll title today's session, Break the Rules and Close More Deals. Now, there's a reason for that, and uh, uh, the, the real uh, focus of this is uh, I, I want to tell you straight up front that most of everything you've ever been taught about selling is wrong. Uh, the people who taught you how to sell— uh or they taught you what they were taught and the people who taught them uh taught them what they were taught and it goes back for god knows how long about uh people teaching people uh, and uh, as we look at today's environment uh, what used to work 20 30 50 years ago no longer works uh, in fact uh, I've been in the sales training business now since, uh, uh, 1996. I started this business in 1996. I hung out my shingle and started my own business. Before that, I was in the corporate world, uh, where I taught sales training and actually, uh, been doing this whole selling thing since 1980. So I will tell you, uh, flat out what I used to teach in 1996 and what worked in 96, uh, no longer works, uh, uh, at this particular point, in fact, anything uh, that was taught prior to about 2008 is pretty much dated. So if you've not had a uh, uh, a reinvention of your selling process uh, in the last seven or eight years, uh, you're behind the power curve. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about those things. We're going to talk about what some of those new things are. And we're also going to talk about what some of those old things are. Uh, in terms of, uh, maybe why you're getting the results that you're getting. So hence the title, Break the Rules, because, uh, essentially, uh, in a nutshell, if you want to, if you want the, 30 uh, second version of, of, uh, today's, uh, session, I will tell you this, uh, take everything that is being taught in your industry and do exactly the opposite. Now we can hang up right now and everybody go about doing their rest of their day uh that's essentially the in a nutshell uh for most of you you're going to have a hard time wrapping your head around that because you are tied to emotionally uh, uh ways of doing things you're if you work in the corporate world your company's taught you how to do certain kinds of things and uh you know people hold steadfast to old beliefs and old values and old ways of doing things uh even when they don't work anymore. So again, uh we're we're going to uh, uh create some uh, uh psychic distress probably with you and some angst about what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. So let's let's start with this. Let's talk about what some of the common problems are. Uh, as it relates to salespeople. And and as you go through this, I want you to be thinking about this uh, in terms of um, can you relate to these sorts of things. So let's talk about common problems that salespeople experience. So here we go. Uh, Number one, long sales cycles. In other words, the deals that you get take far longer than they should be taking. Uh, Deals that should be closed in a matter of days uh, often get strung out uh, for weeks. Deals that should be closed in weeks get strung out to months. And deals that should be closed in a matter of months get strung out forever if they ever close at all. So uh, there's a great problem with long sales cycles. Uh, And if you've been around for any length of time, Uh, you certainly understand that time kills deals and the longer a deal is out there and hasn't been closed, then, uh, there's a great likelihood that something's going to come along to screw that up and you end up actually, uh, not closing that deal because, uh, something came up in the interim while you were trying to move the sale along and That thing came up and derailed uh, what you were trying to do. And as a result, you don't end up getting to business because something else came up that you were unaware of or had no control of. So that's one. Another one is the age old bugaboo of put offs, stalls and think it overs. And. Uh, if you've been around again for any length of time, you've uh, you've given presentations to people, you've given proposals to people, uh, whatever that looks like in your business, and uh, you've told them what the investment would be to solve their problem, and they gave you some sort of put-off or stall, meaning they did not decide to move forward uh and make the purchase at that time and uh they uh, they wanted you to somehow follow up with them in two weeks or two months or whenever and uh you accepted that uh you accepted the put off in the stall and as a result of that you went into some sort of follow-up chase mode and uh Turned into somewhat of a beggar, uh, after repeated attempts to try and close them, uh, you finally came to the realization that, hey, uh, this deal's not going anywhere. So, uh, if you're getting stalls and put offs and think it overs, it's simply because you're not setting the stage properly by letting people know that they cannot think it over, uh, and they can't stall and they can't put it off, uh, because ultimately, Truth of the matter is, when a prospect has seen everything there is to see and they've heard everything there is to hear, there's no more information they need to make a decision. They need to make a decision. And you uh, you have to have that discussion with people up front. You have to let them know that uh, when you give them a proposal and when you uh, cut to the chase and everything's on the table, that it's decision time. Now, there's a way of doing that. Uh, that's a little bit nicer, a little bit uh, kinder, a little bit more gentle than what I'm suggesting as I'm talking with you guys. Um, but there is a way to do that, and you should be doing that. But that's not how most salespeople operate. That's not how most salespeople have been trained. Most salespeople have been trained uh, that when a prospect wants to think it over, that that's a good thing and that they should engage in some sort of endless follow-up. And what I would tell you from that is about, uh, uh, 85 or 90% of the time, uh, when you engage in that behavior, you are going to be wasting your time. So, uh, you know, when that, when that takes place, uh, you, uh, you end up, uh, not, uh, not, not only not getting the business, but wasting an awful lot of time. So, uh, Another issue is, uh, not dealing with decision makers and, uh, uh, giving presentations, giving proposals, uh, giving, uh, quotes to people who do not have the authority to make a buying decision. They could be, uh, gatekeepers, they could be, uh, uh, administrative people, they could be technical people who don't have the ability to make a financial decision. But in any event, uh, one of the big problems that salespeople face is they're giving presentations and proposals to people who do not have the economic decision-making power to say yes or no. Another issue salespeople have uh, is giving proposals and quotes that don't close. Now, I would suspect that everybody on this call uh, does not need any more practice at giving proposals and quotes. Um, you probably are well past that. Uh, if you've been in sales uh, any length of time at all, you probably don't need any more practice at, at doing that. So when you give a proposal or a quote or bid a job and don't get it, uh, that's a complete waste of time. And most of the time... Uh, some 80 plus percent of the time when that happens, uh, the salesperson ends up wasting their time because they don't get the business. The, uh, the other issue that salespeople find themselves struggling with from time to time, uh, sort of like, uh, not dealing with decision makers, uh, but it would be wasting time with non-qualified buyers. That means spending your time with people who have no need, who have no urgency, who have no commitment to do anything about their situation, they have no money uh and they uh they have no interest in doing anything about their situation so uh obviously, if you're dealing with people who have no need, no urgency uh no commitment, no money, it doesn't matter how good you are at what you do uh those people are not going to end up being buyers so the the trick is to disqualify people as quickly as you can. Uh, so as not to be wasting time, but there's a, there's an enormous amount of wasted time that salespeople spend dealing with people who are non-qualified buyers. Uh, another, another issue, uh, going along with this follow-up is chasing after prospects, uh, spending lots of time chasing people in an attempt to close, uh, on a deal that really is going nowhere. So, uh, you know, that, uh, that's a little bit similar to what we've talked about before, but still an issue. Uh, another issue is price resistance. Salespeople getting the old pushback from folks about price. And generally, this occurs at the end of the sale when the salesperson uh, has presented their proposal and they've gotten to the last page in their proposal. And the last column on the right down at the bottom of the right hand side on the last page where the price is. And uh you find out at that point that the prospect is either unwilling or unable to pay uh the price that you have quoted, and as a result, the deal goes nowhere uh when in fact the price should be discussed up front before the proposal is ever made so those those are just some of the things so i wanna i wanna pause here for a second uh and and i wanna uh you know open this up uh for you to make a comment or ask a question or add to this uh what 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 other kinds of things uh are you uh, experiencing uh that I didn't mention or which of these things that I did mention uh can you uh relate to so uh if you would I'd like to hear from a uh, a couple of you if you're so inclined to kind of chime in here and, and uh, make a comment so uh go ahead and jump right in here Unless you want me to call on you, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna call on a couple of people. Ronnie, what uh, what what do you say about all this?
0: Uh, so I agree with you, Steve. I, I think I you know I've I've been through uh everything that you mentioned. You know where uh the the money wasn't discussed uh you know initially, so I ended up doing a proposal. You know, spending all that time and effort doing the work. Uh, and then, you know, they, they didn't buy because they just thought the price was too high. Um, you know, so, so dealing dealing with that, I, I think that's probably, like, the, the one that irks me the most because it's it's one where I have a lot of time and, and effort uh, involved in, in getting them to the point where they're asking for a proposal, and then I spend all the time and effort to go through it and do the pricing and do all that kind of stuff, uh, and then it goes nowhere because... I didn't discuss price initially to see if they were serious or not. So that would be my biggest one.
1: Okay. All right. Good. All right. Good. I appreciate you uh, you chiming in. So here's the question: If any of these things are happening to you, why are they happening? You know, why do these things happen to salespeople? And here's here's anybody want to uh, take a shot at why they happen to salespeople? Why do salespeople experience these things? Catherine, you any uh, any idea? Because we let them happen to us. OK, that's that's a very that's a that's very close to the answer that I was looking for. Uh, and the the way that I would say it is they happen to us. Because we look like and act like a salesperson. And prospects, buyers uh have a uh, an expectation of what a salesperson is. And uh let's be honest about it. Uh people do not like salespeople. Uh buyers do not like salespeople, they do not trust them uh sales people are considered some of the most unworthy business people uh on the planet as far as the general public is concerned uh they get no respect um much of it rightfully so much of it earned because of the way they go about uh conducting themselves but the truth of the matter is sales people are not respected very much professionally and when a buyer encounters somebody that looks like or acts like a salesperson, they immediately go into a defensive posture to try and protect themselves from salespeople. Now, um, I would suspect that everybody on this call is honest, upstanding, uh, you know, stand up kind of person. However, I will tell you that the world is full of people who call themselves salespeople, who are unscrupulous, uh, they're, uh, they're liars, they're cheats, they're thieves, uh, they'll do anything, say anything to make a sale, uh, they have no compunction about, uh, stretching the truth, and their whole idea is, uh, do it to them and then run like hell before they find out that you did it to them. So there's an awful lot of that in business. There's, there's probably less now than there used to be, but I still encounter a lot of salespeople who really uh could care less about the client's best interest and all they're interested in is extracting money from the buyer at any cost and they're willing to do anything to extract money from the buyer. So that's the environment in which buyers find themselves. So therefore, when they encounter someone that sort of uh, resembles that, then they go into a whole different way of behaving and they treat that salesperson uh with absolutely no respect. So. Uh the, the reality is uh salespeople uh typically have no power in the buying process and they certainly have no respect. Now here's where here's where you have to flip it. If you're ever gonna get respect and you're not gonna get people's money till you get their respect. So if you're gonna get their respect, then what has to happen? is you have to flip the playing field and you have to do and act like nothing they have ever seen before. That means whatever a salesperson does, you have to do exactly the opposite of that salesperson. If a salesperson tries to close, what you have to do is not try and close, at least overtly. So the, the, one of the most powerful things you can do in selling is to close without closing by having the buyer be the one who decides that they want to buy. And instead of you asking them if they want to buy, they, they ask you if they can buy. Now that's a simple way of putting it. Uh, And you might be thinking, geez, I'd never get anybody to uh, to, uh, say to me, hey, I'd like to buy your product. And what I would tell you is uh, if you do it right, you will experience that. Uh, And I'm giving you a concept here. I'm not giving you this in the exact language that you're going to experience. But uh, but effectively, if you do it right, people will ask you to become your client. Because. They see something in you they don't see in everything else, particularly as it relates to competitors. So, so here's the the big rule here. If you if you don't you know, if you're taking notes, you want to write this one down, okay? Selling is about power, okay. I call this sales breakthrough number one. Selling is about power, and he who has the power controls the outcome of the sales process. Now. Traditionally, traditionally and logically, it is the prospect who has the power. And the prospect has the power. They have the gold. They have the power. And typically, the prospect uh, treats the salesperson like some trained circus animal and tries to get them to jump through hoops. Now. If you want to eliminate all the issues we just talked about a few minutes ago, you have to be the one that has the power and takes control. So for selling to be easy and for price to be irrelevant and for objections to go away and for stalls and put-offs to fade into the background. The salesperson must take all of the power away from the buyer. Now, this is a real art and a real skill. This is not some confrontational beat them over the head, uh, get into a, uh, you know, a, a, an adversarial kind of position with them. The key here is doing it without them knowing you're doing it. Now that takes an awful lot of finesse. It takes somebody who is very skilled as a communicator and is very good at human relationship skills, which means you've got to hone those skills if you're ever going to be good at that. So you, when, when you are able to assume power and take control of the sales process and the buyer is okay with you doing that and they're unconsciously aware that you're doing that, then you know that you're on your way to at least being in control of the process. Now, let me give you a a quick example of how you might do this. Let's say that a salesperson uh, is talking with a buyer uh, or a prospect. A salesperson is talking with a prospect. And the prospect says something like, well, I'd like to talk with you about that. Uh, could you come over uh, and see me next week? And the salesperson says, uh, "Well, when would you want me to come over next week?" And the prospect says i'd like i'd like for you to come over next Tuesday about two o'clock." Now, what would most salespeople do in a situation like that? Most salespeople. Would find themselves jumping through the telephone with excitement because they got an appointment with a prospect. And what they would do is they would stumble all over themselves in an effort to be accommodating. And they would say, sure, I can do that. I, I absolutely can do that. I'm in fact I'd, I can come over, I can come over after lunch if you want me to. Well, that plays right into the buyer's. Uh, hand of being in control and having power. The really smooth, skilled salesperson. When the prospect says, can you meet with me next Tuesday? The really skilled salesperson says, "Mm. gee, Ronnie, you know, I'd love to, but I'm completely booked up next Tuesday. Would you be kind enough to pick another day? Now, The salesperson may not have anything on their calendar for next Tuesday. It's irrelevant. The rule is when someone wants to meet with you and they suggest a time, you never accept the first time they want to meet. You always tell them you've got something scheduled and ask them to pick another time. Now, what does that do from a perception standpoint with that prospect? How does that position the salesperson? Does it position the salesperson as someone who, uh, is, is, uh, uh, is, is busy and in high demand? Or does it position them as someone who, uh, is accommodating and doesn't have anything better to do? See, I taught my two daughters this very same thing uh, when they were teenagers. I uh, brought them in, and I had this conversation with them. And I said, hey, girls, do you know how to get a guy to want to date you more and be more, be more interested in wanting to really date you? They said, sure. How, what are you talking about? I said, when a guy asks you out on a date for the very first time, you'd never accept the first date, no matter how bad you want to go out with him. You politely decline and say to him, I would love to go out with you, but I'm already booked up for Friday night and leave it at that. And I said, what it will do is it will drive him crazy. And he will want to go out with you even more because he couldn't go out with you when he asked you to. So now be nice about it. And that one move, that one tactic, if you will, right there. Put them in a situation where they sent a message to the guy that they were not easy, that they were just not someone who had time on their hands that they were in very much high demand so that's an example of seizing power and control and in our in our new school selling process we've got dozens of applications on how you do stuff like that with folks that constantly keeps you in power and in and in control of the uh the sales process all right so um if you don't have that kind of process in place, then what you're going to do is you're going to default to doing what the buyer wants you to do. So when a buyer and seller come together, somebody's going to control that conversation. Somebody's going to control that interaction. Somebody's going to control uh the agenda that's established and what happens on the call. So, when we look at this, the reason that buyers have such power and control is through the years they have, uh, uh, they've had so many experiences with salespeople that what what's happened is they've developed a methodology or a system, if you will, of dealing with salespeople. Uh, Buyers have had hundreds, if not thousands, of encounters with salespeople. And as a result, they've sort of created for themselves a system, if you will, of dealing with salespeople. So typically, this is what the buyer system looks like. Now, keep in mind, the buyer is skeptical. The buyer is untrusting. The buyer is, uh, you know, is is afraid. So what the buyer is going to do is they they they're they're, uh, they're, they're going to be pretty coy and play things close to the vest. So the buyer has learned that they need to uh, keep information to themselves about their true intentions of what they're trying to do. So the buyers have learned that anything you tell a salesperson can and will be used against you. So the buyer doesn't volunteer any information. The buyer doesn't want to tell you what their problems are. They don't want to tell you uh, who else they're talking with. They don't want to share with you what their budget is. They don't want to share with you their time frame for making a buying decision. They don't want to share with you what their decision-making process is. The buyer doesn't want to share anything. But what they want to do is they want to extract as much free information from the seller as is possible. So what they do is they meet with the salesperson because they know the salesperson Probably has some valuable information that they would like to have. So they meet with the salesperson and they've learned that if you lead a salesperson on about your true intentions, that the salesperson will give you all kinds of free information, including proposals, quotes, bids, prices, etc. And then they will give that to you in a form of a written document and then As a buyer, you get to keep that document. You don't have to pay anything for it. You don't even have to do anything. The salesperson is very willing to leave it with you. And then you tell the salesperson once they give it to you that, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you doing all that work. Um, I need to think this over. So why don't you get back with me in three weeks? So that's the sale. That's the buyer's way of dealing with the salesperson. Of course, what the buyer does is they take that information. They study it. They meet with three or four salespeople. They do the same thing to every one of those salespeople. You know, all the salespeople pretty much the same way. They still do stupid stuff. All of them, you know, operate that way. And the salesperson falls victim to that process. And the buyers got themselves three or four quotes or proposals, and they study them. And if they're real savvy, they'll play one salesperson against the other in an effort to drive the price down and drive. Uh, as good a bargain as they can for themselves. So the buyer in that situation, uh, is in control. They win and the salesperson, uh, you know, ends, ends up doing all this work for free. So that's how buyers deal with salespeople. So buyers have a system for dealing with salespeople. Now, on the other hand, salespeople don't have a system for dealing with buyers at all. Salespeople don't have a system for protecting themselves against being used by buyers and abused by buyers and lied to by buyers. Uh, Salespeople don't have a system to protect themselves from having their pockets picked in terms of of uh, uh, buyers uh, extracting free information from them. Uh, Salespeople don't have a system for eliminating wasted time that they spend with people who uh, have no intention of buying. Uh, so salespeople don't have any kind of systems at all. So the salesperson's system is to show up and then give a proposal and then try and close. And that's basically what the salesperson's system is. And, uh, it just, you know, doesn't work very well. You know, it works about one out of five times, maybe, uh, law of averages. Um, but it doesn't work work very well at all. So we end up, the salesperson ends up. You know, you know, out of you know, out of ten proposals, they end up, you know, seven, eight times, uh, wasting their time, uh, giving proposals to people who never end up buying, and uh, it uh, it's disheartening, it's discouraging to salespeople, and it's one of the reasons there's so much turnover in the sales profession, is the salespeople. There's only so much abuse a salesperson can can take before they decide nuts with this. Uh, I'm tired of these people, uh, mistreating me and lying to me and stealing my information and telling me they're going to buy and then don't buy and leading me on and so forth and so on. And, uh, you can't blame the buyer for doing that. And, uh, if the salesperson doesn't have a way to protect themselves, then they will continue doing that over and over and over again. So, uh, that's, that's essentially why. Uh, that sort of thing takes uh, takes on the uh, dynamic that it does. So here's another thing for you to write down if you're taking notes. And this is, a, this is a direct quote of mine, okay? And here's the quote. He who has the power controls the process and therefore the outcome. If the buyer has the power, the buyer controls the process, meaning when we're going to meet, how long we're going to meet, what they're going to ask you to do. Uh, they're going to dictate the terms of, of the engagement uh, and all of those sorts of things. And as a result of that, they're going to control the end result of what happens. If the seller has the, the, uh, uh, the power and control, then they're going to control the process and ultimately, they will con- will control the income. So you can either make a decision that you're going to control the process or you can uh, give that control up to the buyer. And if you give that control up to the buyer, just realize when you give up control, then what you've done is you've put yourself in a situation to become a victim. But you've done so voluntarily. Uh, by giving up that control. So the the big rule is in selling, you should never give up control of the process. Thank you for listening
0: to the Profitable Persuasion Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Your next step is to go to newschoolselling.com slash 2-Minute Trainer and download your free 2-Minute Sales Training Manual. We've prepared 10 sales training tips that will drastically improve your game in less than two minutes. Get it today at newschoolselling.com two minute trainer. Finally, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We look forward to hearing from you. Wishing you all the success you have the guts to claim. We'll see you on the next episode of the Profitable Persuasion Podcast.